Welcome along to another episode of the Make It Count podcast. We love being here. I'm David. I'm Matt. And yeah, we're in this in-between time at the moment. And uh, trying to think of some stories or moments when things haven't quite gone as we hoped. I don't think I have. Maybe I probably have told this story a few times, but it was a number of years ago when we were on the ship. And the ship on the Logos Hope ship, yeah. As we uh, and anyway, I had been I was on cover to do uh, it's like standby. So the person who was ill was on the night shift, and they said, David, this person's ill, you're gonna need to do night shift. So I went on and I did the night shift, that's like midnight till eight o'clock in the morning after having worked most of the day already, uh, midnight till eight. I thought, okay, and they were like, don't work today, the person might be early again, you might have to do the night watch, and they were early again, so they're like, David, you're on to do night watch, so again, it was midnight till eight, usually that second night, the first night you can sort of power through, the second night feels a bit more challenging, you're, you're a bit more in the routine, but you're tired, you're really tired, so you get through that one, then I had to do the third third night again as well, just staying up for eight hours. You're not allowed to do anything. You're not really meant to read. You obviously can't have your phone because you are security. You're responsible for everybody who are, everybody else on the ship for their security, for their safety. So you're monitoring alarm systems. You're answering phones if there's a if there's a requirement. You're the sort of brain of the ship, as it were, the hub, the central node. Is that the right word? Yeah, maybe. Something maybe. Like that. Yeah. So the brain of the ship. The brain a of the tired ship. Brain. The tired. Yeah, in need of caffeine brain. And so I had those three one where I was covering someone else who had become ill. Then I had my own scheduled night shift. So there was seven more days of working midnight till eight o'clock in the morning, which is quite a lot of work. Mm. And it's quite difficult. That's, that's 10 days in a row. I was very exhausted. There was a whole other range of other factors that happened in that time, including the ship well not having enough water the, yeah the sort in of the middle the of a thing, sail in the middle of a sail not enough water they you know the desalination or the thing that turns salt water into fresh water they'd gone wrong shall we say an accident happened so we're all running short on water everyone's sort of in crisis mode forgets the people working on night shift so for a number of days i sort of survived on coke and and toast um it's not not great uh so anyway it was all quite exhausting i even cried a bit at the end of the week but the final one the final day well the day after i'd finished i was also part of a well, I was transitioning into a different department where i'd been asked to deliver some training for the new recruits coming to the ship which is something i much more enjoy but I remember being just exhausted and they were doing some training off the ship. We were staying in this little camp with, you know, beds and there's a little pool in the middle and a little training thing. And I'd gone there. It's time to go to sleep. It's like 10, 11 p.m. I knew I was tired. I was exhausted. I've been awake for 10 days through the night. It's just not good. And I was laying there and I just could not sleep. And I was walking around the pool just up and down. And <laughs> just my mind and my body were just out of sync completely with the rest of the world really and it was a problematic because the very next morning 
I was meant to be the one delivering the main training session. Wow. Which I did and I enjoyed. All to say is, immediately after that, I was quite angry, frustrated, but you just get on with it. You survive it, you deal with it. Now looking back on it, I realised when it stretched me, it exposed me in some ways, but it showed I could do it as well. Mm. But actually it gave me a clearer picture that actually even after all of those things that had gone wrong, afterwards I was still able to do something I really enjoyed and help people progress. And most people remembered that training over a year ago or a year later when I when we left the ship. Right. So they were like, oh, this was really impactful for me. So I, I was quite happy that despite that situation of me coming in mm. empty tired exhausted i was still able to help inspire some new people coming on and um that's this whole thing is coming from something <laughs> i forwarded to you in march yes because it starts there's a little newsletter i get from Alison. she's a writer it's like a find your voice thing so finding your voice through writing and it starts it's been two years since that fateful march of 2020 so anyway you recently found that email <laughs> got, yeah i was scroll- back to it. scrolling <laughs> through my inbox oh there's an email from david from march probably yeah. uh, look at that so that was in october november and we thought oh we should do uh, an episode on this and and really what she talks about is you know it's two weeks since that crisis moment since the two weeks Two years, sorry, since that crisis moment. You might have said two years. I thought you said two weeks. I I did. I said, anyway, two years the first time, (laughs) two weeks back, the second time. It was two years since we all went, uh, since the pandemic really hit the world and most of the world went into lockdowns of various kinds. Yeah. And we sort of survived that. You get through it. But she sort of says, these are crisis moments and you pass through them, but... It's not until the crisis has passed that your brain can finally make sense of what took place. Yeah. That actually, oftentimes, we just manage to grind through it. We put our heads down, we deal with the situation. But unless we then go back and finish the stories and give it meaning, then we can live with these unfinished stories in our lives, this open loop, as it were. Mm. So I think it was quite an interesting idea, especially because this should be coming released between that sort of Christmas and New Year period, which is a bit of a weird time anyway. And even looking back and going, hey, on this year, what are the unfinished stories? What is the crisis that I got through, but I haven't made meaning of it? I didn't Mm. make sense of why this happened or what did it tell me about myself or what did it all even mean? I've done loads of talking as we started this episode. Yeah, have. It's so been Matt, a, a David over. monologue. I've been really enjoying it. Like sitting back and nodding. Mm, mm. Tell us a story. So are we talking mostly about the pandemic or just generally? Generally. Generally. So, because, yeah. again, crises can take different shapes, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> talking about shapes, David really recently asked me a question that I totally didn't understand. He said, what's the shape of your life? I was thinking, I don't know. What do you mean what the shape of my life is? Like my favourite shape or what? <laughs> anyway, that could be another que- another podcast episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed reading that email that you sent through to me. It was a newsletter. And she, she says that in the midst of um, a disruption or a loss, we might not realise it, but 
our minds, our brains are asking a couple of fundamental questions. You know, why did this happen? Why did it happen to me? And what does it all mean? And that's the really key one. What's the meaning you bring of it? And I think we've spoken about this before, the difference between a, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Mm. She said the meaning that you tell around certain events ultimately end, determines the way you grow around it, mm. which was really interesting. Like kind of, you picture a tree um, growing around a rock or around something that it is encountered and it, it encompasses it and it enfolds it into itself. And I think that's part of it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that a disruption happens in our life, but, you know, we've got that linear time in our mind and I maybe move past the obstacle and now it's in the past. Mm-hmm. No, it's very much more, it leaves its imprint on me. Mm-hmm. I, it, it goes into me and I grow around it. Mm. And But what I believe about that determines how I grow around it. Mm-hmm. It can either be uh, maybe something that accentuates and brings out and, and actually propels me forward or it can be something that permanently causes damage and drags me down um, and I can't think of a picture with how that might happen with a tree but you know there there could be a way that it does it in a way that's really beautiful and enhances it or it could just be like wow that is messed up mm. and I think that's what happens with us so the story we tell about things whether it's big or small and I think this is probably um yeah, I, for example, I remember exactly that same sale that we had that ration water. And I was trying to fix a refrigerator in the bakery. It had been a ticket for a long time uh, and I'd not really been able to get around to it. But I finally got around to it. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it in this sailing and it will be, you know, probably take a couple of days. Now, a couple of days went by and I couldn't get this thing fixed. I, you know, cleaned the whole thing out, checked all the components, made sure I, you know, checked for leaks, couldn't find any, got it started again, and it, you know, kept tripping. It wouldn't, it wouldn't cool, it wouldn't get down to the set. I was like, what's going on? And I kept coming back day after day and trying and trying and trying. And because of the water rationing, and we were on a sale, a large number of the ship's company community basically went on a bit of a reduced workload because there ain't no shower water there isn't really any way to clean yourself they only switch the water on twice a day basically to flush everything and to wash your teeth you know brush your teeth uh, and so most people were reduced obviously you got you were on night watch and other people were on watch as well so they still had to but i was part of a community within a community of those who were basically still on full work and I was getting hot and sweaty and oily every day because we were in um, sailing from Panama down to, I think, was it up to Guatemala maybe? Yeah. So, you know, hot places and there's nowhere to shower or anything. And just day after day, I kept facing defeat and defeat and I was on my own doing this. And I think, yeah, the first few days I was like, oh, I'm powering through, I'm going to get this done. I'm just coming back in that grit. And then as the days carried on going, it's just, there's only so many you know, defeats that you can take before you start going, oh man, I'm just, it's kicking my butt, I'm failing, I'm a failure, or I, what, you know, basically the meaning you bring out of it is just futility, wrestling with that. All my best efforts, I've tried all the different things that I know how to, and uh, and it still won't work for whatever reason. You know, I maybe got it working a bit and then it broke again. And at the time, it just felt futile. 
and there was a Sunday, it came to the Sunday and the ship's rhythm on the Sunday was typically, and most people, the morning is off for community gathering and the worship service together. And I was sat there in the bakery in the, on the floor, kind of like looking at this thing. And the, the bakery is right next to the room where all of this was happening. And actually the captain happened to walk through the bakery for some reason, he was maybe going around checking out the galley and doing a check but he kind of saw me and he came to me and he was like you know you're not alone in this and you are seen Um, and this too can be as much an act of service and worship as what's going on in that other room Uh, now he wasn't able to help me fix the fridge it was still a broken fridge Um, I can't remember how many more days it took it only took a couple more days after that and eventually I got it working and it didn't give me any problems for a long time after that. But that word of encouragement was able to almost flip the narrative and of just, a, okay, this isn't just a case of I'm alone with this and it's beating me. It's actually, yeah, I'm seen. Uh, the captain appreciated me, which is always a nice thing. Also, yeah, he, he was like, God sees what you're doing. And this can be an act of, of worship and service to him. And, and that was really encouraging. It was a moment in which the story pivoted and became mm. something new. Uh, I was still tired and worn out and exhausted, uh, but the story had changed. And I think that gave me the, the encouragement to go another time. And I think it was that maybe that next day or very next after that, I was able to fix it. Mm. And I probably was on the brink of giving up. Mm. So, And I think this whole thing is, is important and interesting. In the last decade, maybe two decades, there's been a a growth in the understanding of what we understand as like narrative identity or or this idea of narrative psychology and that we tell ourselves stories Mm. about ourselves and about our communities and about our families and about our causes and they sort of shape how we look at the world yes now it's easy though for many of us for that story to be un unintentional right that something like the the lockdowns and the COVID, you know, 2020 lockdowns and pandemic, something like that happens, we get through it. And then, like you said, we try and just put it in the rear view mirror and pretend it didn't happen. And we're trying to get back to normal. And we're sometimes frustrated in that back to normal because actually the world has changed and we're changed and we haven't really processed what has changed about us. And we, and we so there's that incomplete story that something has changed but we haven't done the work of figuring it out which is why it's interesting because this newsletter that I got that I forwarded to you that I thought was really interesting is by a writer who advocates really a big thing of what they're doing is writing out your story even if it's not to publish although you know she's hoping to help you produce a book or a story but actually what is the story of your life as you perceive it and actually how you can write that and reframe it even as you're doing it and as you start to look back you might have these moments where you realize oh yeah that that was that was something that was going on Mm. so there was something else i came i'm I'm reading another book there was a story of this boy seven years old he loved gardening a seven-year-old loves gardening but he (laughs) loves gardening he's outside he would love just getting his hands in the dirt and and making it such that his school his primary school basically gave him this old greenhouse to do for like half of the school day he would just go and make this greenhouse like wilderness 
Wow. But anyway, that goes away. He does a bunch of stuff with life, gets to, I think, college in the US. The uh, And he wanted to try something. I think it was like wrestling and gardening. Eventually, he dropped wrestling because he was like, I want to actually have fun. Like, I want to eat more than one meal a day. You know, this is like a really extreme like program. But that meant his his school funding got withdrawn. So he said, well, and but the army came along, the military came along and said, hey, look, we'll pay for the rest of your tuition. You just have to do this. And he ends up, he didn't realize this, but he ends up going to various war places in the world, uh, war zones. And one place, I forget where it was, but um, he's, he's down to drive this big vehicle, big military vehicle. And the night before, he just got this really nervous feeling. He's like, I don't want to drive this vehicle like it's something something's going to go wrong he said said this to his captain and the captain was like well if you're not going to drive it at least be the passenger and the passenger drive over an IED it blows up he loses both his legs can't be in the military anymore and he's going well, what's what's happened crisis and he tries to apply for different jobs no one's giving it He's got some like mental issues as well, like physical, like brain issues and and things. And then eventually there was this, I think it was a non-profit, you know, this big patch of land and they needed someone to manage this land. And he went for it and he's like, oh, I've rediscovered my love of gardening that I had when I was a child that Mm. I'd forgotten for so many decades. And it was just this moment in his life where he's rediscovered something that he'd forgotten yeah. allowed him to live that first or second life but only when you look back can you make sense of those things mm-hmm. only when you take the time to reflect through your life that you can yeah finish those stories so what i suppose this episode is about is maybe looking back at this year 2022 what are the things that have come up the the traumas the trials the high points the low points the turning points the meaningful moments that you need to just look back on and, and give meaning to. Mm. Okay, you've reminded me of a, another story. It's a bit of a, a parable, um, and it is an unfinished parable. Uh, I think it comes from China. Uh, that's where I read recently. But, so there's a... But it could be anywhere. It's a, there's an old man, uh, and he, he has a son, and he has a horse. He's a farmer. Uh, but one day, his horse wanders off and just gets lost and his neighbours all come round and commiserate and say oh how unfortunate and the man just responds how do you know this is unfortunate the next day the horse returns with a whole load of other wild horses that he just had found and all his neighbours come round and go wow how fortunate you are and he responds how do you know this is fortunate then His son is riding one of these new horses to try and break it in. And he falls off and breaks his leg. And all of his neighbours come round and say, how unfortunate you are. He says, how do you know it's unfortunate? Because not very long after that, the king's men come round and they're conscripting for the, the army. And they take all the fit, young, healthy men. Well, because his son's got a leg broken, he can't be conscripted. And so all of his neighbours come and say, how fortunate you are. And he responds, how do you know that this is fortune? And the story could go on at, you know, f- forever, basically. And I suppose it's that aspect again of going, oh, yeah, actually, in the midst of something, it can, on the face of it, seem fortunate or unfortunate 
or something in between. But really, without the perspective of the greater story, longer term, we can't tell. Um, and in a sense, maybe this comes all the way back round to it's only really when we're approaching the very end of our life that we can then look back and go, well, that's the story. And that's really puts everything in perspective. And that maybe is the benefit of doing some of those exercises ahead of time. What is the story that I want to be able to tell? And then how can I live my life in a way that makes me able to, when things come, I can grow around them, enfold them in such a way that that becomes part of the story that is true mm. and not just a, oh, I wish that had been how it was. Mm. Um, so it's not necessarily a case of I can craft my destiny how I want to, but it's more I can live in a way that it that is true of how I want to live and mm -hmm. the story that I want to be living in. Mm. Um, yeah, so something interesting uh, that I didn't ever really consciously realise, but... Our parents never told us that Santa Claus was real. They Except didn't. for when we were grown up. Except for when we were grown up. But when we were grown up <laughs> as children, they never said that. And they did that intentionally because they were like, well, I don't want to lie to my children. Yep. And I was having this conversation with Charlotte and we were thinking, uh, we watched a film the other day and she was just like, oh, yeah, I don't ever want to lie to my children. And, it, and they say, well, that's a really good intention, although we should think about what that outworking looks like. But yes. if you go in with that, I, well, it should be really obvious, but I don't want to be a liar. I want my trust, children to be able to trust me and believe what I'm saying to yep. them, that it is true. That should, that's a, a story you're hoping to live into. That's an intention you're setting. Like you said, it's not just in the rearview mirror, but actually there's a four, four, Forward, warning for, or forward moving to that yep. that you want to live into like well we want to be the people that don't lie to their children about things even little things mm. um, because that's easier in the moment and um, because of the trust breakdown that that can bring etc etc and and that's a part of like you said the, the forward motion absolutely so um as we come to the end of this episode i suppose the question is what what are the unfinished narratives in your life? Mm. Um, you know, it's don't leave them don't leave them open. You know, don't force mm. them closed, um, but do pose that question because in the background you are asking these questions. You know, why did this happen? Why did it happen to me? And what does it mean? Mm. Those questions are being asked, and if we don't in bring intention to answering those, they will be answered by default, as it were, mm. um, and that's largely going to be. The, the narratives I grew up in my family and in my culture, mm -hmm. I will default accept those. Mm -hmm. They might not be true. Yeah. So this is fun. It's a little writing exercise. Maybe you have got a bit of time between Christmas and New Year's to, to process some of these things, to look yeah. back and go, hey, maybe how has the pandemic shaped me or formed me or what meaning did I give to that moment? What happened? The word of that year was what? Pivot, wasn't it? And maybe actually mm. you automatically pivoted, but you didn't notice that. Yeah. That's something of what happened in my life. But we would love to hear from you as you're wrapping up this year. What do you think of this episode? What have you thought of this year's worth of podcast episodes that we've put out? We always enjoy hearing from you. And you can get in touch at... makeitcount.pod at gmail.com. It will be in the show notes. It's, it should always be in the show notes, I think. It always is. Get sent in some emails. Send us um, what, any suggestions you have for the new year as well. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, everyone. And if you're listening to it at some other random time of the year, 
Happy Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.